the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast, uh, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder. We are very excited to be joined by Jason Sebo, the pre- vice president of sales and brand manager of CVA. So uh, very excited. How's it going, Jason? Hey, Darren. Hey, Brad. How's it going, guys? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to have you here. Yeah, super exciting. We have a lot of cool things we're going to be talking about today. So um, first thing we want to hear about is kind of what is your role at CVA, Jason? So my role for, gosh, the, the past three, almost probably all, almost three years now, has been the brand manager um, and vice president of sales for uh, what we call the CVA division at BPI. BPI is kind of our uh corporate, you know, uh, umbrella name, you know, what a lot of people know, you know, in the industry that Bagar also falls under BPI, uh, as several, as well as several other brands. Uh, but those other brands fall under the CBA division. So, uh, those brands include obviously CBA, uh, center fire, muzzleloader, muzzleloading accessories, power belt bullets, uh, quake industries, which is our, uh, quake claw, uh, gunsling is what we're most popular, uh, mm. uh item under the quake brand and then Duracite scope uh, um, uh, scope mounting accessories cool fun stuff and you know we've always been a huge fan of the CVA brand and you guys have really been pushing the envelope when it comes to you know new products and uh, performance and stuff like that so have you always been involved in muzzle loading or has this kind of been like since you got involved at CVA it started there or no you know it's kind of funny like I'd I've been hunting since I was, gosh, I've been going to the woods with my dad since I was three or four years old, probably even younger than that. I just probably don't remember it that that far back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, harvested my first deer when I was seven. Uh, you know, I think I harvested my first turkey when I was 10 or 11, somewhere in there. Uh, so just been infatuated with the woods and just been addicted to it from an early age. Um, muzzle loading. I really started getting into muzzleloading probably, I can't remember what year it was. I, I want to say it was probably either 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. And I don't remember the exact year, but Georgia, which is where we're based out of, mm. we're just north of Atlanta. Um, Georgia um, opened up a muzzleloader season uh, and they put it directly in between the archery and the rifle season mm. here in Georgia. So, um, dad and I, we got right into it because, Hey, that was, you know, one weekend and five days during the week where we could, you know, be back in the woods or, or get in the woods. Um, you know, I was, I was a big bow hunter back then and I, I still am now, but, um, obviously, you know, archery gear, especially back then, it's nowhere near what it is now, but mm. especially back then, I mean, a long shot back then was 30 yards. Um, so, you know, running open sites with, um, you know, side lock hawking, you know, that was going to get you out to, you know, 70, 80, 90 yards. Um, so your effective kill range was, you know, almost tripled. Um, so, you know, I got into muzzle loading then and really just kind of, you know, did it just kind of as a hobby, just, you know, whenever I would draw a tag, you know, in the Midwest or Illinois or somewhere up there. And, um, that was kind of, you know, my start into muzzle loading. 
And that's something we've seen a lot is that a lot of people have picked it up as that, you know, in between season hunt or, you know, they're an archer and they're looking to maybe not go fully into center fire, but they're wanting something to extend their time in the woods, extend their range of, you know, I can get, you know, within X amount, you know, a hundred yards of a, of a deer or an elk or something like that. But, you know, closing that gap down to, you know, a reasonable bow range is not easy either. So a lot of times it opens up even just more things like that. Um, you know, so I, I think your experience is exactly what we've heard from a lot of people in our community and, uh, even myself included, just more time in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that's where a lot of people kind of get into muzzle loading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really, uh, um, I guess kind of a, a love that's kind of more of a necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I think it's, you know, for, for me, it, it really turned into a love and a passion just because, yeah. I love archery hunting and, you know, muzzle loading is, is kind of a blend, you know, between, you know, if rifle season and archery season had a baby, it would be muzzleloader season yeah. because, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, you get one shot with a muzzleloader, you get one shot with a bow, um, you get a longer range than, than archery equipment. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, where you get longer range of rifle season. So it's kind of a, a blend between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of a nice change, you know, also as well to, you know, add a little bit, you know, different spin on your season, you know, mm-hmm. add some different uh, arsenals to your bag to, to fill tags. And I think more and more people are learning about getting into muzzle loading, uh, you know, going after new tags or new territories or new adventures with, you know, you got, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the hunt pool and, uh, go hunt and all mm-hmm. those great, you know, resources to, to get information out there to, to hunters, um, where they can find out more about muzzle loading tags and seasons and units and that sort of thing. So, um, I think that's kind of what's, it's what's fueled me, uh, to, to, to become a, to be more involved in muzzle loading, not mm-hmm. just because I'm on the brand manager for CVA, but, to, to also love it more, you know, personally as well. Well, speaking of range, let's just cut to right to what you guys revealed this year, the 40 cal. Um, that That is doing <laughs> things that, you know, people just didn't think were possible with a muzzleloader. So, you know, can you shed some light on why 40? You know, I know you've done a lot of marketing about it, and we've tried to put out as much information as we can. But straight from CVA, you know, what is the advantage of 40 over 45 and 50? You know, the, the biggest advantage is, you know, longer distance. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, higher, you know, higher energy at longer distances. Um, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, it's just going to come out and say that. And it's not legal everywhere. Right. Um, so I think we're up to now uh, 20. We originally had, I think, 26 states where it was legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia and Virginia just came on board within the last 30 to 90 days, somewhere awesome. in, that, in that time frame. So, yeah, so now we're up to about 27 states. I may be missing one, so maybe 28. But, um, you know, that 40 caliber is just um, – it's just crazy lethal at, at distances that are unthinkable for a production muzzleloader that does not shoot smokeless powder. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll never – You'll never see CBA introduced to muzzle loader that takes smokeless powder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we run the Blackhorn 209 uh, in that in that 40 caliber and in, in, in all of our paramounts, but especially um, with you know running 
the platform powder in that 40 caliber. It's just, it shoots flat. Um, the, the accuracy is just, it's just crazy how accurate that thing. It is literally center fire accuracy out of a muzzle loader mm-hmm. at six, seven, and even out to 800 yards. Not wow. saying that that yes. would take a, uh, that's an ethical distance for muzzle loader shots on game. Right. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but for accuracy wise, we've had several really, really good shooters mm-hmm. hitting steel consistently at 800 yards with this gun. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that is just straight up impressive And the Paramount platform in general is, is been something that's been revolutionary since it first came out. People were, you know, shocked when you, what was that two years ago when you released the original Paramount mm-hmm. and that's, you know, a great platform um, and really just perfect for those, you know, kind of Midwestern hunters. I think a lot of them, you know, cornfield, beanfield type scenario, um, you know, and now you've got the HTR in, in the 40 and the Paramount Pro. And, um, you know, with that platform, you know, and just all the innovations that CVA has released over the last decade, do you think there's more room to keep pushing the envelope or, you know, I mean, Without yeah. you know, without tipping the hand towards anything that you guys might have in the future, but I mean, you know, where can muzzleloading go from here? Man, you know, I, if you'd asked me this about literally 24 hours ago, I would have told you that there's nothing that else that probably can be done mm-hmm. in the near future. But um, we were just kind of kind of told about a a particular type of coating um, that could greatly enhance muzzleloader performance. Oh, wow. um, it's not, it's not cheap. Um, uh, and I don't know, you know, I don't know much about it. I'm, I, I don't want to say what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to tip our hand or, or show our, our cards, but, um, but you know, we're, we're in uh, exploring this um, because it is kind of an expensive deal. It, it would, it would tend to lend itself more towards the paramount series yeah um but you know it's kind of like it's almost kind of like archery you know bows these days have just um i use bows for an analogy because i'm uh, i love bow hunting and i Mm -hmm. love tinkering on bows and shooting bows but um you know archery is kind of it's kind of hit a plateau um a lot of the bows now are you're just looking for what's the smoothest what's the quietest what's the Mm -hmm. Uh, least forgiven setup that you can have, you know, and, and I think muzzle loading is, is kind of hit that, you know, now it's just, you know, what, what extra features can you, can you bring to the table to make it, you know, um, I don't want to say more digestible, but more user-friendly, more feature rich. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'll use the new Acura extreme series, for example, you know that Acura, the Acura line was was and is a phenomenal muzzle loader. Yeah. But we had really done nothing to it for the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, yeah, we added, you know, nitride, which is an awesome coating. Yep. Uh, it's rust preventative. Um, if you forget to clean your muzzle loader. Um, but and we've added Cerakote and some other, you know, cosmetic options. But mm-hmm. nothing feature wise has ever been done to it. Uh, or ever even been brought into muzzle loading until recently, and uh, that's the you know the adjustable cheek piece. Um, so we've got one gun that you can use uh, scopes and open sights on. Mm-hmm. You've got a takedown feature similar to uh, our Scout rifle, yeah. our single shot rifle, but also that feature is very you know prevalent on over and under side by side shotguns. 
Mm-hmm. So a guy or a gal can easily break down their gun at home to clean it. Uh, you've got the carbon fiber collapsible ramrod. So, you know, a lot of the times what we'll do is we'll start, you know, with these really, really nice, cool, innovative features. Um, and then just, you know, in our top of the line stuff and just walk it down. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's one example where, you know, nothing was really done to a, a top performing muzzle loader, both, you know, on paper for us, but performance wise, accuracy wise for our consumers, um, for many, many years. But I think, you know, we pushed the envelope a little bit more on that gun to, you know, bring it back to life and add a lot of really cool, innovative, you know, features to it. Yeah. One, one question I had on that, Jason, too, is the, the extreme series, it's able to be converted to Veriflame. And so a question that I've received and that I have is, 209 versus large rifle primer in that series like what is the performance difference you know especially with you know the free floated barrel and things what are we looking mm-hmm. at there you think so good good question so the the vera flame ignition um just to kind of give the viewers kind of a history on that uh cecil Epps developed that he's out of canada um phenomenal guy great you know innovative thinker and once we learned about this we kind of learned about it you know, almost uh, about the same time we were developing the Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the system that we needed after testing it for the Paramount. Basically, uh, if you can imagine, just like it looks just like a 209 mm-hmm. uh, with a hole in the middle, and you literally press a large rifle primer into that. And what that does is a lot of your 209s, well, pretty much all your 209s are made out of very flimsy, very, um, I don't want to say cheap, but not great materials because mm-hmm. uh, they're for shotguns. You know, they're for reloading shotgun shells. They're not, I mean, they are for muzzle loading, but their main, their main design was for shotguns, yeah. shotgun shells. So with the Veriflame ignition system, the wall thickness and the materials is, I don't even know how many times stronger. It's also, it's 416, so it's magnetized. So we're able to have a magnetic capper decapper with the Paramount mm-hmm. series. But, but anyway, that, Going from a 209 to a large rifle primer, the burn rate or the consistency of your large rifle primers compared to your 209s is it's almost single digit deviation. Actually, we've we've oh, had wow. guns that yeah. have had single digit deviations um, running muzzle velocity tests from comparing 209 to to large rifle primer, and and a lot of the 209 testing we've done, we, we've seen from one shot to the next, almost a 30 or 40 feet per second swing. Mm-hmm. That may not make that big of a difference at a hundred or 150 yards. Mm-hmm. But when you, but when you're talking about a paramount line or system, excuse me, where you're running this out to four five, 600 yards, that makes a big, big difference yeah, um, for sure. So, so that, that's the, that's the main benefit of the Veriflame. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a hotter, uh, more abrupt, uh, from what I understand, uh, ignition system and the large rifle primer versus the 209. Um, and so that's why you're able to, to, uh, obtain, you know, um, these more consistent loads or more consistent velocities. So in your Did answer, your question, Darren, sorry, I sometimes go off on a, on no. a tangent. <laughs> that was, that was perfect. And I'm guessing with those single digit SDs, that was with weighed powder versus volumetric. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So we, we, we kind of, once we developed the Paramount, we are, we drifted more and more away from 
volume metric for Blackhorn 209. Mm. And volume measurement is it's super easy, it's convenient, it's great. Um, and once again, like 209s, if all you're shooting is 100, 150 yards, you're probably not going to notice that big of a difference. You know, you, um, you know, your group may go from, you know, measuring by weight to measuring by powder. It may go from one inch to one and a half. Mm. But as you get out to further distances, you're going to notice a, a group spread, your group spread opening up yeah. pretty, pretty substantially. So we, we've switched over to measuring blackhorn powder by weight on a grain scale. Um, for those that don't know, the, uh, the conversion is 0.7. So whatever your volume is, multiply that times 70% or 0.7, and that's going to be your weight mm-hmm. in grains. Um, so, yeah, but, but measuring it by grain weight is, is the most consistent, uh, most accurate way to do it. Uh, it's just like reloading, you know, for centerfire loads. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't, you know, have a volume, you know, powder measure to learn, to load, you know. Dip your casing into uh, the powder kind of thing. Yeah, dip your casing into the powder, shake it up a little bit, be like, oh, okay, yeah, eyeball it, that looks good. No, yeah. you, don't, you don't do that. So, uh, and I would not recommend that whatsoever. So, it's it's no different than loading, you know, hand loading for, you know, um, rifle cartridges or pistol yeah. cartridges. Just more accurate. Exactly. Way more accurate. So, Jason, in your opinion, um, who is the right person to take their Acura Extreme Series and change that over to the Veriflame system? I mean, honestly, it's it's anybody that's looking for anybody that likes to. I consider myself a, a tinker. I like to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty anal guy when it comes to building arrows for my bow setup. I'm same way with building a muzzle loader for any kind of hunt I'm going on. If, if you're the guy that doesn't mind taking the extra steps that wants better accuracy, uh, more consistent velocity, um, better accuracy at longer distances and, mm-hmm. and short distances, then, then the Veriflame ignition system is, is the, is the system for you. Um, now I say that a lot of people are going to be probably comment like, well, I can't find large rifle primers. Or I can't find primers anywhere. <laughs> this year is an anomaly. I, I get that. I understand, but for sure. on a normal given year, I would definitely strongly consider folks trying to try the Veriflame ignition system. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's not, you know, me trying to sell, you know, 10,000 of these conversion kits. That's me being genuine and saying, Hey, it is a better ignition yeah. system. It's more consistent. Um, if you want to spend a little extra time, great. If not, just stick with 209s. I mean, 209s, there's, there's nothing wrong with 209 primers. Right. Um, if you are okay with having decent accuracy out to, you know, 150, 200 yards, but if you want to push the envelope, mm-hmm. then the Veriflame ignition system is, is definitely the way to go. In, in your opinion, do you think that Veriflame will ever overtake 209? Like, do you think that Veriflame will ever become the go-to option over 209 or you think it'll always kind of have that that dichotomy no i I think it'll still have that kind of little you know niche in the market um you know i think there's the 209s are so simple and easy to use Mm -hmm. um they're also readily available everywhere you know Mm -hmm. let's say you know i booked a, a utah muzzleloader bull elk hunt and somehow i forgot to pack 209 primers you can pretty much find those at any hardware store, sporting goods store, mm-hmm. 
you name it. I can even have probably, you know, muzzlers.com overnight me some. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Vera Flames, if, if, you're, if you're traveling somewhere, I would highly recommend you stick 30 or 40 of those in a sock in your check-on, stick 50 <laughs> of those in your gun case. Because, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, I'm being serious. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, we laugh about it, but it's true. I've seen it happen. It, and kind of the same thing happens when, you know, people are running these weird oddball calibers or, or hand-loading for their, for their deer rifles mm-hmm. uh, or for their hunting rifles. Um, you know, you better have them kind of stashed in different places and a couple different luggages if you're taking multiple bags on a, on an adventure trip, Yeah, because you never know what can happen. Um, I've I've seen it. Yeah. One of your bags shows up late and, oh, I've got no Veriflames. Um, and you've got no way to use your awesome gun and it doesn't matter how much powder and bullets (laughs) you have if if you can't ignite them. So yeah, that's a really good tip. Yep. So. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I think I think the Veriflame, at least for probably the next five years, for sure, is going to be a a specialty kind mm-hmm. of one off. You know, it's going to be for the guy that likes to tinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong. We'll see. But it may it may be more readily um, uh, accepted over the over the next couple of years. But I mean, we'll, we'll see. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on primary availability in general. For sure. Um, That's true. So, so Jason, I guess somewhat switching gears, um, you know, in your opinion, what sets CVA apart from the competition in the muzzleloading industry? Man, I think one of the, one of the biggest things that I think sets us apart is, is just our people, mm-hmm. um, our customer service. Um, I think those guys don't give, get enough, uh, recognition and, and, uh, and attaboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know, our, our team, our gunsmiths, our shipping department, you know, granted, you know, we're, we're facing all the, you know, the shipping issues and the production capacity issues and the raw material issues that everybody else is facing. But I think at the end of the day, our people, you know, make CBA who it is. Um, yeah, you know, everybody sees the really cool innovations and, um, you know, everything that we're coming out with and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that obviously sets us apart mm-hmm. from, from the competition but i think at the end of the day it boils down to just our people just they just you know they're just getting it done yeah. i mean everybody in the warehouse customer service people in the office uh, i think you know dcar which a lot of people don't know we're owned by a spanish company which is where a lot of our all of our production is done and all mm-hmm. of our product comes out of and we're, we're actually owned by dcar so um, a lot of the engineers that are over there that work with our technical team and myself on product development, those guys and gals don't get enough recognition. So it's just everybody that is working together to row the boat straight. Yeah. The unsung heroes. <laughs> yep. You got it. Yeah. Uh, yep. It takes a great team to build a great company. And mm-hmm. um, I think we can all agree that you guys have a great company. And, and I don't think there's anybody that I've met inside of BPI at all that I, you know, hasn't been just a genuine yeah. good person, you know, and just able to, you know, have a good conversation with and, uh, you know, somebody you'd like to have, have lunch with or whatever. I mean, they're, For it, sure. it's a really good team. So I would, I would echo that Thanks, as man. well. <laughs> well, thank you. We, we, uh, we take a lot of pride in it for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, through that, we've seen over the past year, how people have been affected by, 
you know, COVID, how things, and obviously it's had a huge impact on not just our industry, but the whole world has been, you know, totally shut down. Brad was just telling me, uh, he just got a bike and I was looking to get a bike and there's no bikes anywhere, you know? And so <laughs> it's, it's not just, uh, our industry, but the question that I have for you, Jason, is through the last 18 months, like what has been the biggest challenge that you guys have faced? Man, um, I think, well, from a big, I guess the biggest challenge that we're dealing with now is just getting product through the ports and getting product delivered to our warehouse to get out mm-hmm. to, you know, folks like you at muzzlers.com, all of our customers, the consumers, everybody, um, that's, that's, that's a lot of the biggest hurdles that we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, raw, you know, raw material issues here and there. Um, but it's just getting, just getting people just to work mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> deliver the product to us. Yeah. Um, that's what, that's been one of our biggest, biggest hurdles. And, um, if there's something we could do to make it better, man, I, I know, um, Nate and, you know, Decar in Spain would figure out a way to do it, but mm-hmm. um, I just, it's just, it is what it is. Like you said, everybody's dealing with it. And mm-hmm. hopefully we can just ride this way for just a little bit longer and um, hopefully it, it gets better. It seems like it is, but yeah. um, we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, who, who really knows? I think in the long run, we'll end up seeing a lot of this stuff bounce back within 18 months, but I was saying that probably 18 months ago. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, enough enough of that depressing stuff. Uh, I couldn't tell <laughs> by the room that you're filming in, but I, I guess that you like to hunt. Is that is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to, I like to uh, yeah, I like to put animals on the ground. I guess you could say that. <laughs> uh, I, like to, I like to travel. I like to, you know, uh, have new adventures, meet new people and, yeah. and try to fill a tag. You know, obviously, um, filling the tag is the kind of the icing on the cake, mm-hmm. you know, cherry on top, you know, everything else, you know, travel, the experience, meeting new people, just being outside and enjoying, uh, you know, God's earth is, is most important to me, but yeah, sure. I, I definitely like to hunt for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking a little bit pre-show um about some of the hunts that you've done and i see you know stags and all kinds of things in the back there um what has been you think the most memorable hunt uh you've been on man i would say you know probably the most memorable hunt was um for my high school graduation present um my my dad and mom got me a doll sheep hunt um whoa that was probably, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of kids get a, you know, a Corvette or a, you know, a jacked up F two fifty or, or you name it, or yeah. you know, they get a college fund or or whatever. But, um, uh, I was lucky enough to get a a doll sheep hunt. Um, of course, when I was in high school, I, I'm God, I make it sound like I'm seventy years old. When I was <laughs> high school, you know. 20 years ago, whenever it was doll sheep hunts were much more affordable back then than they are now. So, mm-hmm. uh, they, they've gone up tenfold since then, but, um, <laughs> you know, that was probably my most memorable hunt. Um, my dad was a diehard big game hunter. Um, we had over, 
gosh, a hundred animals in our house that were mounted. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was growing up, he, I think he was three, three or four animals away from his North American super slam. He, he took his, uh, grand slam took him about 18 years to complete his grand slam and during that time he he took two more dolls and then the doll that that uh the hunt that he went on with me that was my hunt he shot a, a really old broom ram that gosh mm. i think it was like 14 years old oh wow so uh so yeah so that that's probably my most memorable hunt um i was fortunate enough to go my dad and i were fortunate enough to go to new zealand when i graduated college mm. so that was another one that was probably probably the number two most second memorable hunt that I've been on. Uh, just being in a helicopter and riding through the Southern Alps was yeah. pretty, pretty <laughs> <Wow>. phenomenal. It, <laughs> it, it was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really there's not much that, uh, that's better than that. <laughs> I mean, really mm -hmm. it, I've been pretty isolated. I've grown up in Oregon, born in Oregon. I hunt in Oregon. Um, but, you know, I did get the chance to go to Africa. And I mean, it's just amazing to see the different types of animals, the different types of hunts that there are to do in the world. And, um, I mean, really, yeah. you could spend your entire life hunting and never finish, you know. <laughs> Jim Shockey's still oh. at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, actually, you, 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 you laugh, Brad, but I was, you literally took the word out of my mouth. I mean, he's been, I mean, gosh, uh, he's won the Weatherbees, won all these great awards and done so much for conservation mm -hmm. and you think, Hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, hang it up and, you know, kick my feet up and enjoy, you know, retired life, quote yeah. unquote retired life. But no, he's still, he's still pounding the mountain and, you know, yeah. putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, having it and, and getting it done. So, I mean, what a hard um, life man, that kudos is. Kudos to him. What's that? <laughs> what a hard life that is to, to hunt your entire yeah. life, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, right, right place, right time, I guess. Yep. You know? yeah. No, he has done a lot for conservation as, as you've said. Absolutely. Um, and that kind of brought up something to me, you know, CVA has been evolving more recently into, you know, more of a, a hunting company, you know, from just a muzzleloading um, company. So do you want to shed some light on some of the new products that you guys have revealed in the last couple of years and in the way that you're heading? Yeah. So, you know, if you're a big CVA fan, um, you probably noticed that, well, you probably noticed 10, 15 years ago that when you stopped making side locks, um, which, you know, if, if you still love that, you know, old school technology, um, I do, you know, I, I, I've got a few Hawkins that reminded my dad's and I bring them out every now and then just to tinker with them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, every, you know, muzzle loading, the way you keep people in the muzzle loading is you make it fun. You make it mm -hmm. easy. You make it easy to use and mm -hmm. all due respect, side locks are not easy to use. They're not fun. <laughs> uh, they are. If you, if you are diehard into it, yeah, but they're yeah, paying the butt sure. clean, um, you know, yeah. put them in the bathtub and soaking them and, I mean, just, you know, people <laughs> listening to this probably think I'm, I'm losing my mind when I say that, but the younger guys that listen to this, no, that's serious. That's what we yeah. did. Mm -hmm. But did we put our, our barrels in the bathtub and soaked them and <laughs> ran hot soapy water through them in order to clean them. But anyway, yeah, so we, we drifted away from that, gosh, I don't, probably 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, once the break action muscle loaders came to market and that innovation came in the Optima so many years ago, that's when really the whole company changed from, 
you know, from an old school muzzle loading company to a new innovative muzzle loading company and brand. And then we started, you know, uh, we make our own barrels in mm-hmm. Bagara, Spain. And so we had excess capacity. So we started making center fire barrels and we, we introduced single shot rifles. Mm-hmm. And so then CBA became the muzzle loading brand, was a muzzle loading brand, then became more of a primitive weapons brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we call it a primitive weapons brand because those single shot straight wall cartridges were known as primitive weapon cartridges or primitive, or you only used during primitive weapon seasons, mm-hmm. uh, in places like Louisiana and, um, Michigan. you know, Illinois and Iowa and those places. So, yeah. but, but now, you know, we're, we're evolving, um, to more of a hunting brand as, as you just indicated, Brad, um, you know, we introduced our first bolt action rifle to the market two years yeah. ago, which is the Cascade series. Uh, it's a, a great price point um, of five ninety nine uh, camo dip stock with soft touch and a Cerakote finish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a great rifle mm-hmm. for the price, um, feature rich. You know, so uh, adjustable. Uh, length of pull on the stock you got a detachable magazine that's flush with the bottom of the stock adjustable trigger uh threaded muzzle dual swivel stud so you know what we wanted as many features as we could get in this gun and Mm -hmm. still hit a reasonable price point Mm -hmm. for the consumer for the average consumer um and you know i think we did i think we crushed it um yeah you know, and this year we came out with the, the short barrel series, which is, you know, basically the same gun, mm-hmm. just a little bit heavier contour, but we shortened it to 18 inches uh, on a couple calibers and then 16 and a half for the 300 blackout. So it, it is a great little um, truck gun, you mm-hmm. know, blind gun. You know, you put a suppressor on it and it's still shorter than a normal you know, cascade at 22 mm-hmm. or 24 inch barrel. Yeah. That's true. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a great little rifle, mm-hmm. um, especially for, for a youngster or for, you know, um, you know, females, female hunters out there, you can adjust the length of pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a low recoil caliber, like 350 legend. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's just a great little package. So that's kind of where, you know, we're, we're evolving as a brand, Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to continue pushing, pushing the cascade line, um, into the future. And there's, there's other new things that are going to be coming next year, um, in the cascade line that are going to be really exciting, uh, mm-hmm. for, for the brand itself. Well, we look forward to seeing those too. I know Darren's a fan of the cascade. Yeah. Uh, I am a huge fan of the CVA cascade cause I actually bought one this past January cause I looked all over. I wanted a rifle that was in a decent price range that I could set up for myself to use and for my wife, um, because we've had issues with length of pull and you know, she, it's just not fun, you know, to have a gun that recoils into the side of your arm because the length of pull is too long. So I picked up a CVA Cascade, and I've been extremely impressed. I mean, just one whole groups. Uh, I got it in the 6.5 PRC, so I've had to, unfortunately, ammo shortages. But um, I've shot probably about 100 rounds through it, and it's just been, I mean, excellent. Super, super happy with it. So, Fantastic. No, that's that's, that's good to hear, Darren. That's that's great. Well, I mean, 
we've already touched on it a little bit, but that was the whole purpose, you know, of us coming out with the Cascade is, you know, we wanted one gun to, you know, kind of, it's hard to, it's hard to launch a product for that will, that's a do all for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the Cascade is a do all for about 90, 95% of the, of the hunters out there on the market. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, another thing too, is we, you mentioned, you know, so you're with the CVA branch of BPI and, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about power belts too, cause I know that they're under the BPI umbrella and, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have a lot of great information. We've seen the ELRs come mm-hmm. out, um, and power belts just been a great brand for a lot of years. So. Yeah. The, uh, the power Belt brand is really taken off over the last couple of years. Um, it's, I mean, it's been, it's been the, the number one muzzleloading bullet for gosh, eons now, probably 20, 30 years. But mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, um, we've put more of an emphasis on, uh, improving the bullets, uh, and the technology inside that, inside that brand and mm-hmm. in, in the entire power belt family, uh, specifically the, the ELR series. So, uh, ELR, you know, extended long range. So, the ELR and, and the the um, Paramount were, were kind of developed as in the same at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they it was kind of like a marriage um, where the you know we talked earlier about the Vera Flame you know came you know came to us and it was a perfect marriage with the with the uh, Paramount mm-hmm. ignition system. Uh, well, the the Power Belt ELR series was too. So the the past Power Belts have all been phenomenal bullets mm-hmm. great um i know they get you know by by several folks they get bad a bad rap but um i encourage a lot of the the uh, the naysayers out there to shoot the new elr series mm-hmm. um what what we've done there is um obviously we've increased the bc on it so they're they shoot flatter they drop less they're way more accurate um they are a little heavier uh, especially in the 50 cal Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, unfortunately, if you, if you want a really good high BC, or I would, when I say high, I mean, relatively high BC for muzzleloader bullets, yeah. you're not going to get a crazy high BC <laughs> muzzleloader bullet unless it's about four inches long, but, uh, uh, but you know, for, uh, with relatively good BC, uh, we had to go up on the bullet weight. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as long as if, you know, if you're recoil sensitive, I get it. Um, we, we offer other bullets that, that, you know, work better for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're okay with, with a little bit of recoil running a Magnum charge with the 330 grain 50 cal ELR, um, I'd strongly encourage you to shoot it. Uh, it's, you know, it sounds heavy, but because of the BC, you actually, you, it drops a lot less than you think it would. Yeah. Uh, but what we did with those ELR bullets is we, we added, uh, we toughen up the lead on those, uh, mm. not quite a bit, but enough to where they're going to really do well, hold better, much, much better on the weight retention. Yeah. Um, uh, once you recover the bullet, uh, and I mean, everything that I've shot with them, everything that our television shows and, and even writers have shot with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been a devastating knockdown, you know, bullet for, for us. Um, you know, and, and so we initially developed the ELR for the 45 Paramount mm-hmm. and we saw how much of a craze it was. So we introduced, when we introduced the Paramount Pro 
50 caliber paramount um um we had to we had to have a bullet that would go with that gun yeah so we introduced that bullet and we're like hey let's let's just shoot it out of our standard you know break action muscle loaders optima wolf actor and just see how see how it shoots Mm. and it shot fantastic yeah um and then obviously with the 40 caliber coming coming to the market this year we had a 40 caliber elr that we've added to the line so you know i encourage you you know if you if you had some bad experiences in the past with some power belts you were probably shooting too light of a bullet Mm -hmm. um instead of you know something a little bit heavier Uh, Mm um if you were shooting something heavy uh, I, I encourage you to try the ELR because it's it truly is a much much better performing bullet. It's a little more expensive because of the of how we had to toughen up the lead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that just transitions to, to to cost, unfortunately, and increased in retail price. But at the end of the day, you'll be you'll be happy you paid a little bit more for these bullets for sure. Yeah, and I think controlled expansion in general is become a bigger and bigger thing. You know, is what. Uh, if you went back 20 years ago, the ballistic tips were all the craze and, and things like that. And it, it was all about explosion with, with bullets. And, and, and really that's what the, a lot of the feedback on the people that quote unquote, don't like power belts. It's usually, Oh, they just, you know, they blow up mm-hmm. and some people like that. And some people don't, well, if you want some controlled expansion, you you've had some bullets for a while, like the platinum uh, seems to do yeah. really well with holding, you know, weight retention. And now these ELRs from what I've seen, um, uh, you know, I mean, like you said, they can be used on just about anything. I know Chad Shearer took a buffalo with one. I mean, yeah. don't get much bigger than that in North America, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, the I mean, that's that's 100 percent true. I mean, they they performed extremely well for Michael McMichael, which he's mm-hmm. the you know the the in, the the original innovator of Power Belt. He started mm-hmm. Power Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Chad Bo took great. Uh, buffalo with that bullet and i mean it was one shot kills for both of them so yeah. it's it's a great great performing bullet yeah. absolutely and 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 even though it will work on something that big i just want to reassure people it works extremely well on deer as well mm-hmm. for sure and that a, it does a question <laughs> that i had jason and that a lot of our listeners have also had is uh, with the twist rates, so if you're going to have a twist rate that's 128, will it still perform well with the ELRs, or what's the the news there? Yeah, and that and that's part of the reason why we recommend running a magnum charge out of the the slower one in 28 twist rates. The um, the Paramount Pro has a the 50 caliber has a faster one in 22. Mm-hmm. Um, the so there's a couple reasons why we run a faster twist rate in that Paramount Pro. Uh, we're, we're running a, a much, much bigger powder charge mm-hmm. because that action and barrel can withstand it. So your recoil is going to be substantially more, especially in a 50 caliber run in a 330 grain bullet. It's So we're running uh, 170 grains by volume. Um, <laughs> gosh, I hope I got that right. You did. Um, yeah, that's correct. 170 grains by volume of Blackhorn 209 in the Paramount Pro 50 caliber. So that bullet coming out of the muzzle is doing about 2,400 feet a second. It's <laughs> it's moving for a 330 grain bullet. It is moving. Yeah. And so in order to control that bullet better, we had to speed up the twist rate in that gun. Um, 
And the reason we, we go with a heavier powder charge, now you can shoot a lighter powder charge in the Paramount Pro. I'm not saying you can't, mm-hmm. but that's not what it was designed for. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you bought it and your wife or your kid is recoil sensitive and, you know, you bought it for Western hunting, but you live in Iowa and, you know, you've got a average, you know, shot distance of a hundred yards and all you got is a Paramount Pro. Yeah. Lower the powder charge to hundred, mm-hmm. 120 grains by volume or, uh, 80 to 90 by weight and let your wife and kids shoot it. Um, the accuracy is not going to be what it, what it, what it's required or what it should be, Mm -hmm. uh, out of that system, uh, or what you should expect. Um, but, uh, it, it can do it. So, but anyway, so to go back to your question, Darren, so on the slower twist rate guns, which is our 128 twist break action guns, those do require because that bullet's so heavy and that twist rate is so much slower that they do require a magnum charge of 120 grains by volume of black horn, which is like 84, 85 by weight mm-hmm. of, uh, of black horn 209. So, um, if you're running pellets, I just recommend you just stick with 150 grains of pellets, three pellets, um, mm-hmm. You're going to get better accuracy at a black horn 209. It's going to burn cleaner. You're going to, you're not going to get the crud ring. Yep. Um, but if you're, if you want simplicity, then, then run, then run pellets. But yeah, you definitely want to run a magnum charge. You can run a lower charge. I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're not going to get the velocity that mm-hmm. bullet needs to properly expand. Uh, and the, your accuracy is not going to be near as good, but you, you could, you could get by with it a little bit. Interesting. Well, um, you know, Jason, we've talked about a lot of the different products, you know, especially the more exciting ones. But, you know, when you look at the CVA line, what do you think is your most overlooked product or underrated? Hmm. Putting you on the spot with that one. <laughs> Dang it. That wasn't in the show notes. <laughs> um, you know what I think, you know, I, I, it's by volume. It's our, it's our biggest, it's our biggest seller, um, just because of, um, of the price, but the, the wolf, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I think we, we joke in the, in the office of how, how we need to make the wolf not accurate because mm-hmm. it is so accurate <laughs> for, 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 for a $250 muzzleloader. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy yeah. how accurate that little gun is for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's, it's not, it's a good trigger. It's not a great trigger like the Optima or anywhere close to like what the Acura has, mm-hmm. but it's a really good trigger for the money. Um, uh, we will be just, I'll, I'll throw this in there. We will be doing some nice upgraded features to the wolf for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to tell you what they are, but um, <laughs> you'll see that coming in January. Um, but I think the wolf is probably uh, one of our most, um, I don't want to say overlooked because it's our number one seller by volume, but it's our most underrated yeah. um, by, you know, by the industry, I think yeah. um, as a whole, because it's, you know, you look and you're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's 200 bucks. It's a cheap muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that cheap muzzleloader can sometimes outshoots, you know, <laughs> a lot of other muzzleloaders on the market. Yeah, you know, yeah. Other brands, heck, it, sometimes it outshoots some of our other guns. So it's it's a great little gun. I mean, if all you, if, if you just got, you know, 
you know, you got a kid wanting to get involved in muzzle loading, you've got, or you want to get involved in muzzle loading for the first time. Um, and you don't, you know, you don't have a whole lot of money to spend and you just want something plain Jane that's going to do the job and mm-hmm. be accurate out to, you know, 100, 150 yards at max. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great little gun for the money. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people in the whitetail country that you can't shoot more than that, especially in the Northeast. It gets really thick up there a lot of times. And I mean, where mm-hmm. I grew up, if you're, if you're in the, yeah. in the woods, you know, hundred yard shot is a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while the features of the Acuras and the Optimas and the Paramounts are awesome to have, the wolf will get it done. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it is the price really that kind of scares people because you see that price tag and you just think entry level, but I think the wolf's one of the strongest entry level muzzle loaders that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I said, you know, that, that's kind of why I brought it up because I think, I, I think you're hundred percent right there. And I think a lot of people, they see that and they're like, Oh, it's just a, just a cheap throw, you know, throwaway gun, quote mm. unquote, throwaway gun. Cause that's yeah. what, you know, 20 years ago, that's what muzzleloaders were. I mean, they were, <laughs> they would turn to a rust bucket at the end of the season. Um, uh, even, even if you did your best to take care of it, I mean, mm-hmm. the barrels and the, and the, the, the hammers and everything would, would just rust up. And so people were just, they were just calling throwaway guns and they, you know, probably your older generation still considers that a throwaway gun. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, as long as you take care of it, clean it, we got mm-hmm. a lot of great videos. I know you guys do a lot of great videos too. There's tons of good content out there mm-hmm. to, to how to properly clean your muzzle loader to where it won't turn into a rust bucket. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I would say the wolf is one of our most um, underrated models in our line. Well, I mean, I, I think we could keep talking all day with you, Jason, just because, yeah. you know, we, we enjoy the company and uh, you've, you're a wealth of information and we, we enjoy the product line as well. Yeah. Um, you know, do you have any Thanks, any last closing things that you'd like to give to our listeners or anything that we missed that you, you'd like to cover real quick? Uh, no, just, man, I appreciate all the love and support, you know, you guys at muzzleloaders.com have given us all, all of your customers and everybody out there has, has shown love for, for CVA and our other brands. Um, just keep an eye out for what's coming down the road. We, we do mm-hmm. have a, a lot of really cool things on our, what we call our new product development board. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a lot of really cool, um, exciting and uh, innovative stuff coming down the pipe. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing it all at SHOT Show. So, <laughs> Yep. Cool. We look forward to showing it to you. Heck yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jason. And uh, if you want to check out even more content just like this, hit that subscribe button. And uh, also check us out on uh, all the major podcast platforms, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. And if you have any more questions, reach out to our customer service, and we will see you guys next week. 